Plainer Prod presents The Attic Monologues Episode 16 By Any Other Name Dear Future Nicks, It's been a while. Uh, the date is January 16th, 2022. The new year. I'm back in the flat with uni work back on the horizon. Yay! Hmm. Life updates. Life updates. I got into Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, predictable me, of course I ended up doing Shakespeare, despite promising I wouldn't. But it's Midsummer. Midsummer. How was I supposed to say no when I found that out? It's like a siren song or a fairy spell or something. I simply cannot resist. But uh, rehearsals are going well. I mean, they're going better than everything else. I'm kind of focusing on them, you know? Because they're new, because I have to do well. There's a lot riding on me, being everyone's favourite fae. And like, I know that uni work matters too. I know technically it matters more. I'm here to get a degree and all that. But you tell me, future Nicks. Would you rather write an essay on site-specific theatre or recite Shakespeare? Yeah, I know. The essay on site-specific theatre is actually really interesting. It's just... all those words. Who has time for it? Maybe I should have just gone to drama school. Anyway, life. It goes on, I guess. But... All that's not what you want to hear about, is it? No. It's been two months since the letter. Two months and nothing. No more letters, no more threats. It's as if whoever sent that letter has just given up. Or got what they wanted, I suppose since I haven't read any monologues since they sent it, either. It's not because I'm scared or anything. I don't get scared. Not... not really. Not once I've decided not to be. I'm too stubborn. And I have decided not to be scared. What can they really do to me? What do they even really want, you know? I don't... I can't live my life scared of a few words. I would have collapsed a long time ago if that was the case. So yeah, I'm not scared. I just, like, haven't had the time. Or the energy. Or inclination. They're just a bit of fun. Creepy pieces of pretty words. And I've been too busy to bother. Bella was probably right. It was a stupid prank. Probably someone at uni, probably someone in drama, to be honest. How else would they know my name or where I live? Just someone's stupid idea of a Halloween prank. Probably will. They've hated me ever since the goldfish incident first year. <sighs> it's been kind of boring, though. I've gotten used to it, you know? Looking forward to reading them, to performing, for Bella. 
She's been busy too, though. I really think she's taking the let's get better thing seriously. Like, she's always working on her essays. She was sitting on the couch the other day reading this huge book in her lap, and I genuinely thought she was trapped under it. She makes me want to get better. You know what? I'm going to go ask her to study with me in the library. Wow. <laughs> Look at me. Productivity. Nick's here. The date is January 23rd. I'm going to try doing this whole thing once a week. I'm calling it the Sunday decompression. Catholics do it in church. I do it by myself with my phone recorder. Does that make it more legit? I don't know. Anyway, life updates. Uh, the rehearsals are going well. Um, the play's in two months, so it's still quite chill. Um, the essay's due in a week. I've done most of the reading. Some of the reading. A bit. But I have a week, so I'm, I'm not stressed. Check back in with me next week, I guess. Oh, I went to see a play with Bella and Sam, The Woman in Black. Maybe not the best idea for a dark one tonight, but it is one of my favourites. It's completely terrifying, don't get me wrong, but the set and lighting design is incredibly cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it, I guess. See you soon. I was planning to go to the shops today. Forgot they close at four because it's a freaking Sunday. Why must time continue to plague me in this way? Remember to buy milk. And sweet corn. I sort of, uh... Kind of like I've been having a go at it writing my own monologues. Yeah, uh, my own monologues. I just spitballing, of course. I'm not like actually a writer or anything. I used to write a little bit when I was younger, but that kind of died out in school. <laughs> a levels, you know. They'll kill your dreams. Uh, but yeah. It's kind of a personal one. Uh, the character is basically just me. Okay, the character is actually just me, but that's not the point. Write what you know. Isn't that what they say? So it's basically like... Um, as a, as a non-binary person, I do a lot of thinking about names. Uh, when I was younger... I used to have this notebook that I hid under my mattress and every night I would write in it lists of names, anything that sounded cool, different spellings, different nicknames, different genders. I must have written 200 at least. I thought I might be an Elliot for a while. Or Quinn, Jack, or Jamie, or Joe. 
or maybe something more rogue. A bee? Or moss? Or egg? I quite liked egg, to be honest, uh, but mum, she's very supportive. Uh, she is, she is mum, but she, she vetoed that one. Uh, told me it was fine for me to pick my own name. It made sense because I didn't choose the one she gave me. And anyway, your father chose it, really, so I'd be delighted if you threw it out along with the rest of him. Maybe not in so many words, but... Uh, but it needed to be something respectable, she said. And Nix. It was a compromise. I thought it sounded cool. She thought it sounded pretty. She doesn't need to know about the Shakespeare aesthetics blog. I still run under the name Egg. Actually, no one needs to know about that one. So anyway, I kind of just wrote a bit about that. Please uh, remember that this is just a ramble of ideas. Uh, Feature Nix, it's your job to make it something pretty. I'm just the ideas man. I wonder how much of our identity is our name. In the mist of the Fae, your true name is the thing that defines you, that holds power over you. It is the one thing about you that is absolutely real. So you give a fake name and keep those letters close to you for fear they will control you. Do you ever give them away? Can you ever trust someone so completely? Even a lover, even a best friend. Can anyone truly know you if every aspect is a mask? If you live by a fake banner long enough, does it become enough identity to be yours? As an actor, I wear names and faces the same way I wear clothes. I can pick them up and discard them, and underneath I remain unchanged. But you see me as something I can never truly be. What defines the truth? Is your true name the one your parents decided for you at birth and you weren't there to give any input? Is it the nickname you go by at school because you hate your full one? Is it your maiden surname or the one you take when you get married? Can your true name change or is it a universal constant? Is it one of the lost many you try on for size before you find the one that sounds like you? You are shedding the expectations and gender you were born into. Is my real name Nix? Because I chose it, or because other people began to call me by it? Or was I always meant to be Nix? And did the universe bend to accommodate my truth? Anyway, yeah, that, that's the idea. Half an idea, just, just a vibe. I haven't written in a long time, so it's like very rusty um but eventually maybe it could be something or maybe no one will ever hear it and i can save my embarrassment just for you future next whatever i had a dream last night which is weird i have such a whack sleeping schedule i'm usually too tired to dream or remember them at least but last night, in that weird period where you're almost awake, but not really, 
I dreamed. I dreamed that the sun had split like an egg yolk. It poured across the sky, across the earth. It drowned the sea and ate the other stars, the moon, until all the world's aflame. I dreamt that I was there. We were. Me and Bella and Lola and Seth. We were stood on this high, high hill. It looked familiar in that way that everything in dreams has come from somewhere deep in your brain. Maybe it used to be grassy, but the fire had washed all the fields to ash. The remains of a tree stood at the peak, lightning struck and charred, black fingers clawing at a burning orange sky. We were there, the four of us, and we weren't scared. I felt this, like, calm. Like we'd been waiting on this hill just for this to happen. Bella's hand was in mine. In the firelight, it looked red. The fire, it wasn't hot. Not exactly. Like, it was warm. Hair singingly warm. Like when you open an oven. But it wasn't sticking your hand in a Bunsen burner hot. Maybe that's what dreams have to be like. I've never gotten properly burnt, so my dream can't throw the feeling at me in my sleep. So, it was hot. And the world was on fire. And between one blink and the next, Seth and Lola had been washed away. Or maybe they walked away. I don't know. I reached out for them with my free hand, but Bella was pulling me in the opposite direction. She was sinking into the black earth, dragging me into the ground. I, I tried to pull her up, but she pulled her hand out of my grasp. I was alone. And then the earth kind of fell. Like it vanished from beneath my feet. Or maybe I vanished from it. Maybe I was flying. The world was such a, a symphony of colours. That's the only word I can think of. They felt loud and too many to be a single thing. I couldn't tell what was up or down. But the fire came to greet me. I dreamt I wasn't myself. I was twisting, haloed in flames, a creature clothed with the sun and the remains of moon and stars. I could hear the echoing of them, like whispers in my ears or deeper in my heart. I wanted to hear more, but it was all just out of reach. Like an itch I couldn't scratch. Like when the tattoo artist tells you not to move and suddenly that's all your legs can do. So I... I kept twisting, kept changing. The flames wrapped around my body and pulled away my skin, burnt me down to the bones until I was bleached white and shining and new, suspended under a bright and burning sky. I wasn't myself and yet... And yet I 
was. I'd never felt so inside my body, inside my brain. I can't describe the feeling except how much of a, a muchness it was. So much, too much, even more. And then I just woke up. No sudden rush or slow drift. I just, like, opened my eyes. The sun was on my face through the open curtains, unsplit, coming through a rare gap in the January clouds. I felt rested. Like, you know when you pull an all-nighter to get an essay done and you're exhausted? But then you get into bed, the sun's still shining, and pass out instantly. And it's the best sleep you've had in your life. Your bed is the comfiest you've ever felt. It felt like that. But now, I don't know. Today's been weird, dude. I got electrocuted once, when I pulled a faulty laptop charger from the wall. The shock was like this sudden spark, this burn in my fingers. It travelled up my arm faster than I could breathe. For days afterwards, I could feel this fizz in my veins, the ache in my shoulder. The strange feeling of, like, potential in my fingertips. Like, the lightning was still inside me. Like, it needed to be let out. According to Seth, that's called nerve damage, and it's not good. But nerves regenerate, and eventually it went away. I feel like that. Like I've been struck by lightning or touched a live wire. Like there's electricity in my body, but it doesn't know how to get out. It's not, not exactly like I feel when I get manic. That's more of an under-the-skin, bees-and-bubbles kind of feeling. It's everywhere and it's dragging me higher and higher into the sky, further and further over the cliff, no matter how hard I grip the edge. This is more... I feel grounded. Like I'm rooted to the floor and present in every inch of me. I can feel my bones feel how my flesh wraps around them. I can feel where every part of me begins and ends. <laughs> that probably sounds super concerning, huh? It makes me think of this quote from Richard III. Shine out, fair sun, till I have bought a glass, that I may see my shadow as I pass. I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough Shakespeare quotes about the sun. So, yeah, weird dream. I don't dream enough to know how to psychoanalyse myself. I'm scared of... what? You know, maybe I should make that into a monologue. It has the right kind of vibes. Hmm, food for thought. Anyway, maybe I'll ask Lola. I'm sure she can read dreams. Or she can read birth charts, and that's like... Same thing, right? Basically. So I had the dream again. Eighth night in a row. I don't know what that means. 
My brain is clearly fixated on something. Trying to tell me something. It'd be nice if it would explain what. I asked Lola and she said it meant I was afraid of being exposed or afraid of being hurt. I mean, who isn't afraid of being hurt? That's kind of the whole point of life. She also said I was afraid of losing everyone. But again, who isn't? I was lying before. And I said I wasn't afraid of the letter. I was still afraid. Am still afraid. I can't remember the last time I let fear take over like this. I can't just let someone else live in my head. Not when they can't even threaten me to my face. I've decided that I can't be afraid anymore. For real, this time. And even if I am afraid, I can't let it choke me. I have to just keep moving. Just prove to myself that I can survive it. Or that there's nothing to fear. Whichever comes first. I'm going to read another monologue. They're just paper and ink. Who can stop me? Thank you so much for listening to The Attic Monologues. If you're enjoying our show, please consider supporting us through our Patreon or Ko-fi to help us compensate the hard work our team puts into every episode. You can find links in the show notes below. Alternately, you can leave us a review or tell a friend, an enemy, or your oblivious love interest to listen. This episode was written and produced by Morgan Greensmith. It was directed and script edited by Ellen Cluhessy. The sound design was by Anna Leclerc, and the theme tune was composed by Wilkie Morrison. In this episode, you heard the voices of Atlas Morgan as Nix Ryland. The logo was designed by Ailey Lang. The social media is run by Soren Browood. You can find us on Twitter at Attic Monologues and on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook and TikTok at The Attic Monologues. For more information on our show, our crew, our policies or other shows made by our people, check out our website www.planarprod.com. We're taking our hiatus and only releasing a bonus episode in August, so episode 17, Where Men May Read Strange Matters, will be out on September 28th. See you then! Today's episode features a trailer for Mix Bad Luck, a new queer fiction podcast following the chaotic life of Micah, who is cursed with bad luck. If you love queer characters, lots of monologues and mysterious vibes, which, considering what you're listening to right now, we hope you do, then you're going to love this show.
So without further ado, mix bad luck. What could go wrong in a month? 31 days, 744 hours, less than that if you have a decent sleep schedule, but I've yet to meet anyone who does, so I'm gonna assume you all to be insomniacs or solar-powered robots until proven otherwise. Does anyone actually leave their house before 8pm anymore? I'm not leaving beforehand to check, so that can remain a mystery for now. I'd argue 8pm is a world-known time to collect energy drinks and any source of caffeine before settling down and pretending to do those papers due last month. But that's beside the point. Talking to the cat doesn't count as therapy, you know. No, but he's a good listener. I don't blame you. It's been a long month. You ready to put an end to it, Micah? As ready as I'll ever be. Then lead the way, Mixed Bad Luck. We've got a curse to stop. What's the worst that could happen? Famous last words, Salem. Famous last words. Hurry up, guys, or I'm leaving without you. Time's up. Let's go before Bailey starts messing with things he shouldn't. What could go wrong in a month? Spoiler alert, the answer's a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Stream Mixed Bad Luck wherever you listen to podcasts, and join us on our journey to find the good luck amongst the bad. <laughs>